Hello and welcome to the special lines podcast here each and every week of the NFL season where we go through our circa contest handicapping picks here. Matt Brown, Brett Colson, and we are coming off a three and two week, Brett. Um, it, we we were drawing completely dead because uh, you you put that ridiculous, ridiculous, egregious Dolphins plus 18 play on our card. But. We did win Jaguars plus eight. We did win Falcons plus one, and we did win Cardinals plus 13. The other one that we lost was the Steelers minus four, and we were really, we were never really had a chance there. Ben Roethlisberger, uh, it was pulled early. James Conner left in that game as well, and that game just was never going to get there for us. And sometimes that's just going to happen. Injuries are going to occur. You and I have been doing this long enough, and especially, you know, I mean, if you play any fantasy sports or anything like that, you know, you just kind of chalk that up and say, eh, it's going to happen sometimes. You know what's funny about that Dolphins game is the Patriots played like garbage, and they still covered by like 23. <laughs> Destroyed. Like, them. they didn't play well. Yeah. That's yeah. how bad the Dolphins are. And I have made note of it. I was being stubborn last week. I have adjusted for this week. And I did the same thing with the Giants and the Bills. I definitely whiffed on that one last week. So uh, a big week of adjustments for me, uh, was particularly with Miami and the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, we were on opposite sides once in week one. I won that one, Rams over the Panthers. We were on opposite sides twice in week two. We split that one and one. Your Packers minus three would have gotten there. Of course, my Bills minus one would have gotten there. So when we're on opposite sides, I am currently leading two to one here. And we do have a game where we are on opposite sides this week. So we'll continue to kind of keep track of that as well to see how this all plays out. And maybe we'll know for next year if, uh, if we're on opposite sides, maybe we should just take the, uh, the one or the other guy's picks or something like that. But let's go. Let's get into this. And we do have two that are going to automatically make the card this week. So we're pretty excited about that. We'll run through the spreads. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the circuit contest, guys, we are given a line and it is a fixed line. And that is the line that we have to play. So what you might see, uh, you know, by the time you listen to this podcast or, or even what happens on Sunday morning does not play into this contest one bit. It is the line that they provided us, and that is what we have to play. So Packers and Broncos, they gave us a line of seven and a half in favor of the Packers. Eagles Lions is six for the Eagles. Chiefs and Ravens, six and a half for the Chiefs. Bills and Bengals, Bills six in that one. Colts and Falcons, Colts point and a half. Vikings and Raiders, Vikings nine at home in that game. Patriots and Jets, Patriots minus 22. Cowboys, Dolphins, Cowboys minus 21 and a half. Bucks are six and a half point home favorites over the, oh, uh, on the road. Oh, no, no, sorry. Home favorites over the Giants. Cardinals and Panthers, that game, they had a pretty good idea right before we were about to tape this. It was made official that Cam Newton is out for this week. Everyone kind of knew that anyway. He had not practiced all week, and they sounded like he was going to miss this game. It is official now, and that line flipped. It is Cardinals' two-point favorites in that one now. It really just kind of did a little four-point swing there. Seahawks, four-point home favorites over the Saints. Chargers minus three and a half over the Texans, 49ers minus six and a half over the Steelers, Rams minus three over the Browns and Bears minus four over the Redskins here. So, Brett, uh, before we kind of get into the picks here, the couple of games and we kind of alluded to this on the normal uh, on our weekly lines podcast here, we kind of just scratched off these these, you know, three touchdown games right off the bat. I mean, it's just 
really too hard to handicap these things right now. And so I don't think either one of us even considered either one of these games. No, it's unfamiliar territory for me. I, I don't know how to approach these games really because I don't know I, I don't know really how bad the Jets are. They could be just as bad as Miami. I mean, we don't know. I mean, and we love both the Patriots and the Cowboys. So I mean, like how many points is correct? It could be it could be 28. I, I really don't know. So right. the Dolphins have, yeah, the Dolphins have made the move and there's even more uncertainty, right? So now the Dolphins have made the move. They trade Minka Fitzpatrick and they make the move off of Ryan Fitzpatrick, the other Fitzpatrick on to, to Josh Rosen. So throwing even more uncertainty onto that game. And so I just, you know, look at the end of the day, I think there are games where it's a little bit more predictable, at least in our eyes. And, and these are just with these being completely wild cards here. And at the end of the day, it's really not even so much handicapping these teams, Brett. That's the problem. It's you're almost handicapping the coaching because it's almost like, hey, how much do you want to win by? Are you going to keep your foot on the gas through three quarters? Are you going to play your starters all the way until, you know, nearly the end of the fourth quarter? Or do you get up so much that it's basically we're seeing backups for the whole second half? And so that is what really, you know, it's almost like a week 17 type scenario with these with these games here. And, you know, I don't play very heavily in week 17 at all. And I kind of look at this situation very similar where it's almost more on the coaches than it is on on handicapping the teams themselves yeah i think it's safe to say that that the players themselves aren't tanking but there's certainly something going on even up above the coaches where it's like you know they're setting this team up to lose this year that's that's happening so you know what what orders are they barking down to the coaches where you know if they're down 20 early you know where what are they doing that you know that we don't we don't know that yet so uh, just way too much uncertainty for me to, to have any conviction on either of these games. So let's talk about the two games that are automatically making the card for us this week. First one is going to be that Panthers plus two on the road at the Cardinals. And you're going to say, wait, 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 wait a minute. Cam Newton's not playing. But guys, if you look at the way Cam Newton has been playing so far this year, he has been the most inaccurate passer in all of the NFL And on top of that, Cam Newton is not Cam Newton if he is not making plays with his legs. And what we saw is not only is he not making plays with his legs, he actually is doing no running whatsoever through the first two weeks of the season and is the has the fewest amount of rushing yards of any quarterback in the entire league. So when when we kind of look at this game here, Brad, and, and the way that I looked at it is. It seemed like it was more of a neutral situation moving to Kyle Allen, in my opinion. So the fact is, is if the original line thought two, two and a half in favor of the Panthers, it doesn't really change for me at all the way that I look at this game. And so for it to flip on the other side, I mean, I just look at it as like, okay, we have a little bit of protection in this one, but it does not make me like the Cardinals anymore or hate the Panthers any less just because Kyle Allen's going to be under center. Yeah. And that's what makes this the smash spot of the week. This is overreaction city. Like, like you said, who's to say that the Panthers aren't just better with Kyle Allen under center than Cam Newton. Like since, since Newton was benched on that hail Mary uh, before halftime last year, when we really started to see, okay, there's something going on with that shoulder. The Panthers are one and eight straight up when he's a starting quarterback, he's thrown 11 touchdowns against 13 picks in those games. The guy can't throw the ball 20 plus yards and his intermediate throws aren't accurate. Like, he, he and like you said, he doesn't run the football anymore either. They can't take advantage of his size. 
in short yardage situations. This offense has been dysfunctional. And then you've got Kyle Allen, who came in last year in week 17 and lit up the Saints as a touchdown dog. Like the Saints weren't playing for anything back then, but he still showed that he can, you know, compete against pro football players. And the rest of this Panthers roster is just miles better than Arizona. They've they've had some extra rest to prepare for the Kyler Murray this week. This is wrong team favored. The books had this right originally. And I think they should have left it at Carolina minus two and a half when it opened. Well, I look at it this way, too, is, yeah, they readjusted, but it's still sitting on basically a dead number anyway. Right. It's not like they went. It's not like they went and like made. Oh, okay, now this now this uh, Cardinals team's a a three point favorite, which then at that point we'd have been like, holy mackerel, this is okay. So now they they really think this is a huge adjustment here. I mean, going from two to two, I mean, going, you know, going from from minus two to plus two is really not that big of an adjustment here because I mean zero obviously is a dead number and then you're really getting to ones and twos here which don't happen all that often either so it's kind of it's kind of them saying just a little bit maybe they wanted some teaser protection on the Cardinals where they didn't want a home team sitting at two two and a half where they could be teased up to eight eight and a half but um you know and they they're saying like look if you want to tease us on this game you're at least going to have to take the road team but for me I am sitting here saying from what I've seen with my own eyes and I watch every single football game every week, either live or through the all 22s. And what I've seen from Cam Newton is a guy that's playing at 60 percent of what he can be and what he was. And I have to believe that 100 percent of Kyle Allen is probably better than 60 percent of Cam Newton. And so for me, just like you said, I mean, I, I don't. I certainly don't think this team is a dog here. And I mean, listen, the stats are a little deceiving when you look at this Cardinals team. Much of their production has just been coming super late in games when they're already down and and they're getting a lot of garbage time yards. They're getting a lot uh, of scores towards the end of the game here. And I think this is is another one of those teams, Brett, if if you've actually watched the Cardinals games, you've actually gone beyond the box score, you see that it's sometimes a little deceiving from the final numbers that you're looking at. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, you know, they covered last week, could have gone either way, really. Uh, you know, if, if Baltimore punches it in there yeah. at the end. Um, and, and also, and honestly, I'm not, Kingsbury's coaching has not impressed me in the least no. bit so far. I mean, we're uh-huh. talking a team that it, it goes down and kicks three field goals from inside the the eight, the the eight yard line. One was from the two, one was from the four, and then another one from the seven. Like, what, what what kind of message are you sending to your team here if you're kicking field goals inside the five twice and inside the seven once? I mean, I, to me, I just that type of coaching, it's hard for me to back, man. Yeah, this is a great spot for the Panthers. My question is, how many people in Circa contests are going to identify this as a really good spot for Carolina? I don't know. Like a lot of a lot of public money coming in here on Arizona. But this is a I mean, you're going to get some of the sharper people in Vegas in this contest, are they going to see this as a really good spot for Carolina? I was looking down the card and I think there's probably some games that the Joe public is going to feel much more comfortable betting. And so I don't know how popular this game is going to be. I would say there'll be a decent amount of, of, of action probably on both sides of this one. Cause I think there will be 
some overreaction to, you know, oh, my God, it's a backup quarterback. And what right. what, what we're looking at here is the Cardinals are, are starting a rookie. This is only his third start in the league. It's not like there's that much experience difference between the two quarterbacks either. You know, I mean, like, you're oh, wow, the Cardinals. OK, well, you know, but yeah, this guy's making his third start in the NFL. It's not like this is he's got this vast amount of experience over what the Panthers are going to put out there. Yeah, and this this might be the toughest defense he's seen yet. I mean, yeah, Baltimore last week, but I mean, there are holes in that Baltimore defense. I I still like this Carolina defense. I think they're going to go right after him this week. And like I said, they've had more time to prepare for Kyler this week. And uh, yeah, I think they're they're going to give him a hard time. Also, making the card this week is a game where we are backing again another uh, backup quarterback. Here, we are going to take the Steelers plus six and a half in this game here on the road at the 49ers. To me, this is pretty simple here, Brett. It's just the fact that I think the 49ers are the most fraudulent 2-0 team in the NFL right now. And when you look at the Steelers here, they thought enough of Mason Rudolph to take him in the draft where they did. We do have a guy here that isn't completely isn't completely without playing time. And on top of that, he played the majority of the preseason trying to win the backup job and, and was able to secure that. And they thought much uh, enough of him for him to secure that job and win that job and got a, a decent amount of playing time there in that uh, preseason. Now, I'm not saying this 49ers defense here is a fraud what what I am saying is it's really tough to tell it was a it was a very uh, turnover prone game from the from the uh, from from Jameis Winston down there in the game number one of the year and then we you know maybe I misread what this Bengals team was going to do they looked really dynamic and and everything over there in Seattle and then come home and just absolutely lay an egg here so maybe I kind of overvalued what this Cincinnati team brings to the table as well Getting six and a half, I would have loved if this was seven. I think seven is like a slam dunk here for us. But even at six and a half, I feel pretty comfortable in the playmakers here. It does look like James Conner is going to play as well. So you, you do have your starting running back in there to go on this Steelers team. Uh, to me, it just seems like a, a little bit, a, a few too many points for me. Oh, yeah. Come on. This line is nuts. Like, aren't the Steelers better? Like, yeah, they're 0-2, but they lost to two good teams, and the Niners are 2-0 having beaten two bad teams. And now they're getting they're getting six and a half. I capped this at two. So that's that's a lot of free points. Like, I'm not quick to jump ship from the Steelers after these two games, even with a new quarterback. But I mean, eventually this was the plan all along, right? Mason Rudolph is the heir. It's happening sooner than expected, but I think it's safe to say this kid has been ready to take the reins, and I really like what I've seen from him, both in the preseason and last week in relief of Big Ben. So um, this this is a slam dunk for me. Yeah, loved this play. Um, think that this is a, a real strong one for the contest as well, because I again I think that there are going to be a lot of people who are scared to back a backup quarterback. And you know, look, we're 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 starting this game basically with a touchdown in our favor here. So. I'm feeling pretty good about that one. So let's move to the game that we are on the opposite side here, which is going to then nullify this game and is not going to make the card. Brett, you took the Browns plus three. I took the Rams minus three. Go ahead and give me your case here for Browns at home plus three. So normally this would have fallen just outside my top five, but this is such a great game theory play for the contest more than four fifths of the tickets coming in on the Rams and they're probably going to be the most popular if maybe the second most popular play in the circuit contest so I would love 
the leverage we could get with the Browns here. Uh, I see this as a get right spot for Baker in prime time. I don't really know how this Rams offensive line is going to protect golf either near the bottom of the league so far in both pass and run blocking. And the Browns, as we know, they have guys up front who can just shred offensive lines. Garrett Richardson, Olivier Vernon, uh, definitely one of the games I circle every year where the public is piling a road favorite against a team that has underperformed so far. I mean, the Browns have certainly not lived up to expectations to this point, but I see this as a, a good spot for them to to get back and, and, and get a win that nobody is expecting. I really wish we could play totals in this contest because this was one of my bigger plays coming into this week is the under in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're definitely going to see here is pressure on both of these quarterbacks. And what we've seen so far is pressure on both of these quarterbacks equals happy feet and mistakes and inaccuracies. And the Rams are going to get all up in. I mean, this Browns offensive line has not been protecting Baker Mayfield at all. Now, the narrative coming out of the Browns camp here is they're saying, "Okay, we're working on getting the ball out of Baker's hands quicker. Well, you know, we hear this all the time, right? I mean, we hear we hear coaches say, what they know they need to do, but being able to implement that in three days is not necessarily the easiest thing in the world. So I, I, I think that maybe over the course of the season, that's going to be the goal. Are they going to be able to implement all of that in time for the Rams here in week three? I don't think so. So I think you're definitely going to see this Rams defense all up in Baker Mayfield's face. And I think he's going to struggle with that. And on the, on the flip side, We've seen, I mean, listen, this Browns defense, the one thing they have been really good at so far this year is creating pressure. This Rams offensive line is certainly not impenetrable. And we've seen Jared Goff. I mean, the splits are ridiculous with him. Clean pocket, guy's one of the best passers in the league. You get uh, a little bit of pressure on Jared Goff and that number just absolutely plummets. And so... I just, well, yeah, I, I love the under here, but also with that, I mean, I think that that, that we're... We're just if we're comparing, you know, position by position by position here, the Rams are pretty much superior in every single facet of the game stands the number one wide receiver position, which, of course, Odell Beckham is almost second to none in the league. So I'm going to take this Rams defense. I'm going to take this Rams experience here and in a game that I don't expect very many points. But I do think the Rams win by, you know, a touchdown or or more in this game here. But uh, again, we're on opposite sides here. So this one's going to to fall by the wayside. And we will certainly watch this one and keep you updated of how it all plays out here. So very, very interesting that we're that we see this this one playing out. I I, I honestly just don't think the Browns are very good. I I think that this is I I think we can kind of get past the. I think we can get past the underperformance thing. And what I've seen is I think this is a team that just hasn't figured out a way to kind of get it done yet. And they might towards the middle of the season. And certainly that I could see this team going on a, on a crazy run to close out the season. Once they've all been on the field together a little while and, and figured out all the, all the holes and plug some of the leaks or whatever. But I think as we sit here in week three, that this Browns team is definitely inferior to the Rams. Oh, I agree. And I I was never high on the, the Browns coming into the year either. I mean, this is a team that I I mean, I bluffed the Ravens and the Steelers in that division. I thought the Browns were way overvalued. But I, I just I see this. Well, I mean, first of all, I see this as a great spot in the contest. I mean, we're competing against eighteen hundred other people or whatever. So, I mean, this is a really good leverage spot if we decided to if we decide both decided we like the, the, the Browns. I, I love it. But 
um, yeah, I mean, look, this isn't one of my favorite plays of the week, so I'm fine leaving it off. All right, so let's talk about our other two plays here, and these don't match up, and curious to see how we go about getting which ones make the card here. Let's start off with you, and you have the Broncos plus seven and a half on the road at Lambeau against the Packers here. Yeah, my favorite play in this game is the under. This looks like a slugfest in windy conditions. So, I mean, if this thing lands in the mid-30s, high-30s, you have to side with Denver getting a great number, 7.5. I think the market did catch up with Green Bay, finally. And even though this offensive line terrifies me against this Packers front, I still cap this at 6.5. And And then on the other side of the ball, you just you have to believe – that Chubb and Von Miller will start getting pressure on the quarterback. Just a woeful start to the year for these guys, but I'm not ready to just give up on those two tremendous talents yet. I mean, I, I think Denver's pass rush will will start to put it together. I mean, they're working with a new coach, Fangio, new system. So uh, I'm, I'm believing that the Broncos will get better on defense every single week, and um, I, I think this is going to be a really low-scoring game, so I'll take the 7.5. My one of the other ones that made my card here, and this is one of the ones where um, this was actually, oh, you know what we didn't do is talk about our must makes. Were, were the either of the first two your your must make? Carolina was my must make. OK, yeah. And, and so this this is actually my must make here. And, it, it, you know, maybe this is just the <laughs> maybe this is the pessimist in me. Maybe this is, you know, the just uh Maybe this is actually how I feel. I don't know, but I really do feel like the Saints are going to struggle on the road at the Seahawks with Teddy Bridgewater under center here. I mean, the number seems really short to me at four. We're starting to see four and a halfs pop up uh, in in different places as well. So it seems like some of the people are coming around to the Seahawks at home against this Saints team here. I've looked at Teddy Bridgewater, and one of the things that I've seen over and over again with him, and I actually went back and found some of his tape when he was with the Vikings before he got hurt. And this just seems like a guy that was pretty much at a league average level. And it was back when the quarterback position was, so I guess it's, maybe it's not even that much different in, as we sit right now, Brad, actually. And maybe, maybe there's uh, the, in 2019, we'll talk about, man, do you remember how bad the quarterback play was in 2019? But uh, you know, his last full season back in like 2016 was a I mean it was just I think we thought more highly of him because everybody else in the league was so so average as well I mean there was like the three or four elite super elite guys and then it was just a bunch of everybody else's and I I don't know Teddy Bridgewater to me seems like a game manager certainly I got to go get you a win and I feel like when you go on the road at Seattle in that environment 12th man the whole nine yards you're gonna have to go and actually win a game they're not gonna give it to you and I don't think Teddy Bridgewater possesses that and the other thing that we've seen early here in the season with this Saints team is a very very leaky pass defense and the Seahawks have actually amended they're the way that they call games here. I didn't think Pete Carroll had it in him, but he is actually throwing on earlier downs. He's actually throwing the ball downfield. DK Metcalf and, and uh, Russell Wilson seem to really have a, a thing. Like, I mean, in early on in this career, that has to be very exciting for a Seahawks fan, because of course it's only going to get better. And four points to me against this Saints team was so much working against them just seemed like not quite enough here. And I liked the Seahawks at home against the Saints. Yeah, with you. My only concern was that this would be one of the two most popular 
in the contest, but really who cares? Like this is, this is definitely the right side. The market did not adjust enough for the loss of Drew Brees. Teddy and Taysom going into that place. They're going to get eaten alive. I really like. Seattle I actually think too. this one could get. I, I'm actually looking. I'm going to hold out until the alternates come out on Sunday morning, and I, I'm going to bet the alt line on this. Like, I'm going to take. I'm going to take better than plus than minus one ten. I'm going to go ahead and, and buy off this number to like. I, I'll take the Seahawks. I think as high as like six and a half. Like, I, I think that. I think as as long as I keep it under a touchdown is something I'm feeling pretty confident in. I actually think that there's a chance that this one could get out of control. Yeah, I mean, what we saw last week from Teddy is they run, it's the same offense, but with a far inferior player. Like, they don't throw the ball downfield. They can't get it to Mike Thomas down the field or Ted Ginn downfield to make plays. It's the same thing. And that's not going to work, especially in Seattle against this defense. It's this, this, I, I'm with you. This could get ugly. All right, so we have three on the card here. We'll talk about your other play. We'll talk about my other play, and then we'll go ahead and decide the last two games that are going to make the card here. Colts, minus one and a half. You like these guys. Um, Colts been surprising a bunch of people. They are at home against the Falcons. Yeah, I think the market's still behind on Indy. I've been firing them every single week. Not going to stop until it is corrected. I see huge mismatches here on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Uh, the Falcons have some major injuries up front. Uh, this Colts team is just sneaky good. And, and whether it's it's Marlon Mack or Jordan Wilkins in the backfield, someone is going to eat on the ground for Indy this week behind that elite offensive line. I feel like this line should be a field goal at least. I capped it at three and a half. I think Indianapolis is better. Um, so I feel like I'm getting two free points. Yeah, I actually am okay with this one um, making the card. So we can go ahead and and throw this one here while it didn't make for me. Listen, here's it's just a situation where I look at this and yeah, the Falcons won last week and good for us, but that was a lucky win. I mean, they in theory they should have lost that game. I mean, Nelson Aguilar had a moonwalk in touchdown for them to win that game, and Nelson Aguilar did what Nelson Aguilar does, and that's drop the football. But I mean, they they were incredibly lucky to come out of that game with a win. And I think that they, uh, you know, listen, going on the road here, the, you know, listen, I don't buy into trends, but one of the things that we can look at, and we have a big enough sample size as well here, is just Matt Ryan's home road splits, right? I mean, it is absolutely crazy. He is just exponentially better at home than he is on the road. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. And, uh, this Colts defense, they invested in it. They went ahead and decided they were going to spend some money, bring in some players that were playmakers. We've seen that so far this year. Colts team has been playing pretty well. And like we talked about whenever it happened, I mean, Jacoby Brissett, yeah, I mean, is it an ideal situation with no Andrew Luck? No, but you are getting one of the more experienced backups in all of the NFL and a guy that... Uh, that you know that there was enough talent present where the guy was on the Patriots and then a a team decided to trade for him to bring him in because he showed enough for for at least when they when they were trying to replace a quarterback you know so for me I'm with you on this this is perfectly fine especially with that small number here I mean we're only looking I guess the only downfall here is maybe we'll need a field goal to cover this Brett and and that oh. is oh man maybe we'll need a field goal to cover this and holy crap that has been horrible I look mean, I don't I don't like factor kickers into uh into point spreads but my god dude make a kick this guy is (laughs) unbelievable how is he still on the roster i know i know it is it is insanity to me i mean i 
you don't want to force a legend to retire, I guess. I, I guess you get it. But I mean, if the Giants can bench Eli Manning, then you can bench a kicker. Like you can just say like, hey, man, you obviously ain't got it no more. I mean, like this is just this has been unbelievable here. I mean, they even had kickers. They had six kickers work out this week just so they have one ready in case he struggles again this week and they have to cut him. I mean, like they literally have they have in mind who they are going to replace him with should they have to replace him after this week. That's not really a vote of confidence for sure. It's crazy. Such a sharp organization. I mean, this team is built to win now. Why are you keeping this guy around? It doesn't make any sense to me. Pretty crazy here. Um, my other one that was that uh, I had on my list here was the Bucks six and a half here at home against this Giants team. Now I understand it is probably an, an upgrade to, <laughs> to to go to the rookie here for the Giants, but I mean, listen, Danny Dimes is still making his first start of his career on the road at the Bucks. A very improved Bucks defense now one of the things they need to catch up on down there in Tampa is what's going on with this offense because with all those playmakers and everything's going on even with all of Jameis's shortcomings they should still be putting up points and moving the ball but this Bucks defense has been really good and I actually think that they're going to create a lot of havoc for you know this this young rookie making his first start here uh, just just having to cover a touchdown here, I feel pretty damn confident in that Bucks team. How far off of the card was this for you? This was in the middle for me, but I like it. Let's do it. I, I feel like this is a Jameis get-right game against a defense that has not been able to stop two average at-best quarterbacks so far. So, Right. I mean, that's kind of the way I look at this. Like the one thing, the one thing Jameis has going for him is – hucking it up downfield and he's got two wide receivers that can go up and get it right well what have we seen through two weeks with the Giants they have just given up so many downfield scores that is like the Achilles I mean it's a bad defense anyway but like one of the things we've seen that has rung true two weeks in a row is just they give up the deep ball like nobody's business and if there's one thing I can at least count on Jameis is he can huck it 40 yards down the field and Mike Evans and or Godwin can go up and get the damn thing and he has these games where he just, he looks like the Jameis that everybody expected, right? I mean, he, he like one out of every what five six games he just goes off. And what better defense than this one to just shred? I, I just I have a really good feeling about him this week. So um, yeah, I'm fine. I, I like the number here too. So perfect. All right, let's uh, let's let, let's definitely uh, get that on there. So our our five this week: Panthers plus two against the Cardinals, Steelers plus six and a half against the Niners uh, Seahawks minus four against the Saints Colts one and a half against the Falcons and Bucks six and a half versus the Giants uh, quick news and news and notes just on the rest of the card here uh, the big stay away games for me outside of the three touchdown games for me uh, Brett it, it, Eagles minus six seems like a juicy spot coming you know at home with the Lions going on the road here but with that with that situation with the wide receivers for the Eagles, and, you know, I understand you, you you can lose one guy, and I don't think that I'm going to knock at all that, but I mean, you lose your top two guys, and now your number one is Nelson Aguilar, and you're going to Mac Hollins and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and, and all that. And I understand you still have Zach Ertz, but for me, that, that Eagles game against the Lions, I hope that a lot of people play that game because I think there's a chance that maybe the Eagles could fall flat here strictly because – they're not going to have anybody to move the ball. It could happen. Uh, I still I, I like the Eagles there. I feel like you know, the Lions coming off the win that very few people expected. Maybe some recency bias. 
on that side that kind of moved the line here. I think the the look ahead was seven and a half, which I don't know. I capped this at seven, so I like the Eagles side, but I really don't have any strong conviction either way. I already crapped all over my team, and actually making the card is us picking against the Saints. What do you feel about the Bills at home here against the Bengals? This one was actually number seven on the list for me, so very, very close to to making the, the five-pick card for me. I had this way at the bottom. I had the Bills. I think this team actually might be for real, and that place is going to be absolutely insane on Sunday. Um and the Bengals are just bad, so uh, I didn't love this one. I, I just took the the Bills uh, just for the the you know the the home opener factor, and th- yeah, they might be they might be good. Yeah, I actually think they are good. To be honest with you, I actually think they are good. So, uh, yeah, that one barely just didn't make the card for me. Vikings and Raiders, that nine number is pretty interesting because it has been on the move. I mean, this was a seven and a half opener, quickly went to eight, quickly went to eight and a half, now all the way to nine. I've seen nine and a halfs out there. This thing might get to 10 by the time this goes off. I think people have come off of that week one Raiders high and said, wait a minute, this is this team is every bit as bad as we thought they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I have the Vikings here, too. Just, you know, nat- naturally, I always almost always take the Vikings at home and fade them on the road, which is what I did right. last week with them. Uh, and even, you know, even though this line has just been climbing and we're not getting the best number. I don't know. Where do you think this closes? Close I mean, ten. I think this gets to double digits. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I fired on this the second they released lines and I was able to get. I only got a couple of teasers in at seven and a half to get them down to a point and a half. And then it moved to eight real quick. And then I got a couple more in on them at eight to move it down to two. So, I, I mean, I just need the Vikings field goal for a good week for me. But, um, yeah, I mean, this this Raiders team is what we thought they were. I think they're I think they're really bad. And so I think this everybody's starting to catch up on that. They're like, oh, well, they're, maybe Raiders aren't as bad as we thought after week one. And then it's like, eh, no, they are. It was just yeah, it was just the right circumstance, right situation. They had a, they could rally around that whole Antonio Brown situation, you know, and yeah. things. But, yeah, that's just not. I think the weirdest line of the week for me is the Chargers Texans at three and a half. That one was the perplexing one to me that like that one was towards the very, very bottom of my card. Same. Uh, it's just Westgate, so weird, right? Three and a half. Yeah. It's just like the the you yeah, throw that Westgate, hook on there and you're just. Westgate gave us three. I actually liked the Chargers there, and with three and a half, I kind of lean towards the Texans. That's how close it is. Uh, I don't. I don't care about this game. I think both these teams are just. I don't think either one of these teams is good. Yeah. So. And the final game, Monday Night Football, was uh, the actual very bottom game for me on on my card, and that's strictly because I know the Redskins are terrible. I actually think the Bears are kind of bad, too. Yeah. And when I get in that situation and it's like, OK, now it's a bad Redskins team, but they are at least at home catching points. The Bears are at least superior to them in most positions. However, I think they're kind of bad as well. And now I've got to ask them to cover more than a field goal. Uh, this this game was just this was the other than the, the three touchdown games. This was the first one that I just scratched off the list. I'm like, I'm I'm not playing this game. Nothing happening for me in this one. I have the Redskins in the middle of my card. I. I I see this as an opportunity to keep fading Trubisky until people truly recognize how bad he is. All the people who bet on this guy to win the MVP before the season are finally, I think, starting to come <laughs> around. But the market hasn't quite caught up yet. So maybe some value here on, on the Redskins. And I don't think anybody's going to like bet the Redskins either. So, um, And the yeah. game of the week here. I saved it for last. Chiefs and Ravens. Ravens head on the road to take on the Chiefs. Chiefs. 
nearly a touchdown in the contest here. Minus six and a half is where it sits if you wanted to make this play in the contest. Now, I am very excited, Brad, and I'm sure you are as well, to actually watch this game. Now, this is a game that obviously the, the two most electrifying quarterbacks in the league right now through two weeks for sure. This number has been on the move the opposite direction. So what we're looking at now is sixes and five and a halves out there. So this was another reason I didn't really want to touch this one because I kind of lean towards the Chiefs here at home. But knowing that I'm getting such a bad go of it, that this this was another reason that kind of kicked me off. And with their five, since there's five and a halves out there, I mean, it's just kind of like, nah, man, this this probably isn't something I want to play. That's exactly how I approach this. I hate the line movement because I liked, I, I was leaning Chiefs. I mean, I had this towards the bottom of my card, yeah. but I, I was leaning Chiefs at six and a half. But like you said, this is one where you just sit back and enjoy it and not have to sweat it uh, for any kind of, I mean, you're not going to bet on this game, are you? Maybe no. I like, I, do, no. I, I like the over actually quite a bit. Yeah, I think if, if there's any, yeah, if there's any bet going on for me, it would be it would be throwing some some money on the over here. I I think that this is certainly has the the makings of kind of a back and forth, certainly some sort of shootout situation, but nothing I want to bet aside on here. Maybe a right. D- maybe so, maybe we'll have some DFS action tied into this game, you know. Uh, yeah, you can bet on that. <laughs> there will be. I can only that, imagine. That yeah, I was gonna say. I can only imagine there will be some DFS action that revolves around this game for sure for us. So, guys, thanks for taking a listen here. Hopefully, we can improve on the three and two week we had last week. A four and one, even a five and zero, oh would be really, really great. Probably not going to win the quarterly prize in this first four weeks of the contest, but you know, hey, look, you never know. Maybe we string together a fifteen and zero oh over these over these next couple here, or a ten and zero oh here over the next couple. Breaks and maybe we're we're in it but at the very least we are figuring these teams out a little bit better and certainly heading into the second quarterly contest we might can make a run at that 140k yeah that sounds good uh, i i feel really good about this card this week i wasn't i wasn't too sure about the first two weeks i'm feeling really good about this one for brett i'm matt see you guys next week <laughs>